0: Praise God. Well, let's look at Proverbs 22, verse 6. Happy Mother's Day again. It is Mother's Day. It's a day we honor mothers and the special place that they hold uh, in our lives, in the lives of our children, the lives of our our grandchildren, a special role that they have. And so um, we're just going to take some time to honor them and to, to look at the Word of God concerning that this morning. Proverbs 22 verse 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. In the New Living Translation, it says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. I like that. It says when they're older. Well, not just when they're young. When they're, they're older, well, they could be older today than they were yesterday, and just you know, you don't direct your children so much when they're adults, but you can still be an influence. Amen. Amen. Even in adult children, just a godly example, a godly role model, it just can affect your children all your life. It can aff- all their lives. It can affect um, grandchildren. It can affect other people that are related. I mean, you know, think about it. Because it, we know it doesn't stop. The, a certain role stops when the children leave the house, but the influence is there as long as the mother is, is on the earth. I mean, if mothers live godly, 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 and then just goes off and goes crazy, well that's going to leave an impact on the family, right? So you are creating an influence throughout your life. What you do matters. How you look at the things of God, it matters. So it says, direct your children onto the right path. Onto the right path. What is that? That's God's path. That's the things, that's directing them in the things of God. Look at Proverbs 1, verse 8. It says, My son, hear the instruction of your father. Do not forsake the law of your mother. Notice that. That's about the father and the mother. Both have roles. Do not forsake the law of your mother, for they will be a graceful ornament on your head, and chains about your neck, saying they're going to they're be uh, things that are special. They're, it's going to be honor. It, it's going to be bringing right when you obey and do. This is talking about a godly influence, a godly mother, godly father. And, and where are they directing those children then? They're directing them in the path of the Lord. It's God's path. Third John, verse 2, just reading a few scriptures here, and then we'll, we'll get into this this morning. Third John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I have rejoiced greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth. Verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I have no greater joy than what? to hear my children walk in truth now this is he's talking about spiritual children but this of course applies to natural children there is no greater joy than to know your children walk in truth what is that it's the truth of God's word it's God's plan for their life and a mother of course we could talk about mothers fathers today we're honoring mothers and talking specifically about Uh, her in in her role. You influence your children in so many things. Your most important role as a mother is to influence them in the way of truth, in the way, in God's way. That is the pinnacle. We have, I mean, and, and mothers have so many roles, so many hats that they can wear. But the number one role is that they influence their children to follow God, to have a relationship with Him and follow His plan for their life. There is no higher call than that. If you've done that, whatever else happens, you can say, I did my job. Did you do it perfectly? No human has done it perfectly. Jesus did it, walked perfectly. But there is no other person that has done everything perfect, certainly not a perfect parent. And so sometimes, you know, you, you, you put this ideal in your mind. You know, men and women both do it. I have to do this in order to be accepted by me, and, and I, I, I just, if, if I don't do it up to this level, I'm a failure. Well, you can that can that can make it so that you don't do anything. That can discourage you from even just chugging on day in and day out, not understanding the, the role, the, the influence you're having by just turning to God and directing your children to God. Living a godly life is speaking volumes in their life. And sometimes we're, yeah, but I gotta get this program in place and th- this in our schedule. Good. We should have goals, but hey, if you didn't do it today, don't say it's a failure. What is your most important role? It's to lead those kids to God. Not lead those kids to God perfectly. Now, we're not saying we should try to mess it up as much as we can. There are consequences to our actions, but don't go to the opposite extreme and say, I, you know, I just, I, I'm not perfect. Welcome to the club. Nobody is. And that can discourage us from doing anything. I mean, if you, if you think you got to do it perfect and you're never going to be perfect, well, that's, a, that's the highway to depression. You're hopeless. You're going to get up and be like, well, I didn't do it again. And that makes you grumpy. That makes you snap at your loved ones. That makes you worse at the role than if, you know, you're like, I can't do it perfect, so I'm going to just, you're depressed, you're going to be snapping at people rather than didn't do it perfect, but I did it, and I'm going to do better tomorrow. Well, now you're higher than if you... Start giving up. May not give up overtly, but you know what I'm talking about. You can give up several times a day. And then get right back on, right? You know, it's inside. So, well, they're not quitting on the outside, but they're quitting on the inside. No, the role of a mom is so important. And here it's saying that there is. It says, verse 4 I have no greater joy than to hear that my children. Walk in truth. That that's the thing. That's the ringing thing that you want to hear. There can be other accolades, other things that go on, but that's the thing that it, that's important. Number one, not making light of everything else. But uh, no matter what a child accomplishes, or you know, an adult, young adult accomplishes, if they if their relationship with God goes off the rails, or they don't believe in a God, don't follow Him. Everything else is secondary. I'll read you something from, it's attributed to Douglas Murray. It says, there were four clergymen who were discussing the merits of the various translations of the Bible. One liked the King James Version best because of its simple, beautiful English. Another liked the American Revised Version best because it is more literal and comes near the original Hebrew and Greek. Still another liked the New Living Translation best because of its up-to-date vocabulary. The fourth minister was silent. When asked to express his opinion, he replied, I like my mother's translation best. The other three expressed surprise. They did not know that the mother, his mother had translated the Bible. <laughs> yes, she did, he replied. She translated it into life, and it was the most convincing translation I ever saw. It's where the rubber meets the road. It's not all the spiritual stuff. You know, thank God we read the Word. But if we can't practice it, no, I, I have a background in engineering, software engineering. And, you know, so I'm not a scientist. Not knocking. You need somebody that's going to figure out all the, all the stuff. But my job was taking the stuff that's been figured out and applying it. And that just translates over, I think, to the way I look at preaching and everything. If we can't apply it, then it's great. It could be truth. But for us, for the majority of some people, You need the people that translate the Bible. You need people that study certain things out. But the majority of us, we just need to know how to apply it in everyday life. How do I get the job done today in the workplace, at home, etc.? Well, the role of a mother, that's one of the things she, she does. She's modeling it. Again, not perfectly, but modeling it. And you know what? Here's the thing. When we don't do it perfectly... And let's say you you know you lose your cool, and say something you don't don't mean or whatever. Well, when you ask forgiveness and repent and say, "Shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry," you are modeling the Bible, and that you can be forgiven and that you can succeed even when you don't do everything right is modeling the message of the Bible because that's why Jesus came is so that we could live in this life in spite of the fact that that we have sinned. Again, we don't see how bad we can mess everything up, but don't make light of Jesus. And don't make light, so even when you blow it, how you handle blowing it can model the Bible. And is showing those children and young adults, uh, teenagers, it's pointing them that there's a God. That there is, his plan is important. Let's look at, uh, let's look at Psalm 139. We're going to read a good portion of this. It's very readable. So, uh, especially in this version. Psalm 139, verse 1, it says, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know that's true? He knows everything about every single one of us. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. You know that's true? There is a God. He is the creator. And we are his creation. And we're created to know him. No matter where you go on the earth, he's there. And he loves us, and he's a good God, and he has a plan for each person. We're going to see that very clearly today. And what I want to emphasize is, mothers, your role, your most important thing that you do in life as a a mother part, what you do in that mother role is to point kids and, and help them to see that knowledge that God has something for them, and that should be preeminent in their life. That, that knowledge. Because if we've been created by God, and we're His creation, and there's a Savior, and we're to know Him, to be right with Him, if we miss that, what else is there? I mean, if we miss the fact that there's a God, and that there's a Creator, and I'm supposed to know Him, and He's got something for me to do, and I go do something else, even if men go, wow, that's so awesome, but the Creator, we've missed what He, what he wants for us, and to even know Him, then we've missed it. And so that is so important. And mothers, you have such an important role in doing this. We're going, to get, we're going to see that more. Let's look at verse 7 again. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Verse 8, if I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. I, if I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could never... I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Talking about before the child was ever born. Verse 14, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Notice this. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. In other words, God has a plan for each person. And it's saying before anything had passed, he, he had something for that child to do he doesn't orchestrate everything he has a plan that doesn't mean he creates or makes everything just happen because we are free moral agents we have a choice and that's what we're talking about we have a choice whether we're gonna walk on what he's ordained he's not gonna force anybody to do anything he doesn't force people to know him he doesn't force them to bow their knee so he won't force anybody to, to, fo- to follow a certain path, but he does have something ordained. He's laid it out. In other words, it's his will. He's, he's laid things out that we could walk in. But we have a choice whether we'll walk in those or not. But I want you to notice there is a plan. And God knew this person, this is David, before they were born. Verse 16, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Verse 17, how precious are your thoughts about me, God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. So talking about you know, this whole psalm up to this point, talking about that God is, He's there. He's always there. You can't get away from Him. And it's saying that He knew. The psalmist, David, saying, you knew me when I was being created, when, when I was forming. You knew me and you knew your plan for me at that point. You knew and you had something for me. Well, then the child's born and then they're going to be walking out that, they're going to be walking out their life. Well, the plan's there, but they need help in following that plan. They need help in coming to know God. They need help in coming to know that there is a God, that there is truth, that the Word of God is true, that, that, and, and all uh, His truth is available, but we as parents, talking about mothers specifically, you have such a role in just pointing... The child to God. There is a God. He loves you. These type of things that it's saying right here. Verse 17. I, how precious are your thoughts about me. Just putting that thought into a young child. God loves you. He's thinking good things about you. Has a plan for you. That can cement in their life. For all time. You know when we have um, the different ages of, of children back you know, being ministered to. That is not babysitting. It's not just so the adults can get something. They are getting something. They're being taught the Word. They're being told that God loves them, that He has good things for them, that Jesus is their Savior, that God is real, that you want to do things God's way. And really, then the church is, is just emphasizing what you're doing at home. And so you're around them much more time than the church but you just pointing them just pointing them to god maybe you do something and again everybody has a different flow in life people have different schedules so there is no perfect way you know we have general truths in the bible we know god's word is truth we know his ways are right but the bible doesn't tell you exactly how to schedule your week it says to put him first right? But it, you may have a different job schedule. You may work nights. You may work in the day. And so you can't make a law out of like, well, no, if you do this at every time in the week, then that's how you're going to follow God's plan. You got to be led. Every family has a responsibility. You be led in what God has called you to do. You work where God has called you to, to work. Don't, don't make it a secondary thing. Well, we serve God and then we just get any job. No, go to God. Say, God, what were you, where would you have me to work? Because it's important. Where's the connections you're making? You know, where, as a family, you know, so our work schedule looks like this. How do we schedule that around the Lord? What, what does it look like so that we can put into our children daily? Again, don't make it legalistic. But one example, you know, maybe before bed you just read a little bit of the Bible or you read a scripture or you have a child read a scripture. You know, when the kids were little, we'd have a few scriptures that we would go over and have them read some of it. Or you could take a devotional. We have... Out there, Faith Food, my uh, brother Kenneth E. Hagen. that's just one, um, it's a devotional, just has a little, a scripture and a blurb a day. Um, or there's health food, That's about healing. You could take one of those, have one of the children read it, you know, and when they're young, they can't read. Maybe you just uh, give them a scripture and, and have them repeat after you. All kinds of little things that you could do just to put something, a, a hook, that they're pointing to God and that they're learning scripture over time. That you're just saying, we do this and we pray and then pray together. Again, you don't, make, don't make it legalistic. Don't make it uh, you know, what somebody else is do, it. What, what works for you? But the point is, you're pointing them to God. Mothers, so many times, you, you're, you have access into that child's life so much. They'll tell you things. They'll come home from school maybe and tell you. Tell you at night. Of course, dads are in this too, but we're focusing on moms today. Mom, your role is so important, how you react. You just, they're telling you something important at school. If you react with the word, I'm not saying you have to start quoting 15 verses to your child, but the truth that you're telling them is just gently nudging them back to God's word. You are being a role in, you're fulfilling a role in the most important thing, most precious thing to God, is that they know him and they're following him. You're giving them a gift. And, and sometimes we underestimate just those mundane moments throughout the day. You know, you're driving somewhere to the store and some, something comes up. You ever notice sometimes uh, that you're just in the car alone with a child and that's when big information comes. All of a sudden they decide, you know, you may have talked with them at home and nothing and then all of a sudden there's some information that's heavy. Maybe it's not so, maybe it's just mundane, either way. It's just moments that we're just guiding, but where are we guiding him? Back to him. We're showing him that there's a plan, that there's a purpose, that he has has good thoughts toward him, and he has a plan, and that son, daughter, no matter what you're doing, you don't got to preach at him, just how you're living. Like we read that story, just modeling it, you're pointing him to it. What do you do? How do you react? What do you think of the word? What, what is our family value? You know, you, how, we know what our family values by how we spend our time. You know? What is the center? We can say, well, God's the center. Does, do, we, do, we, do we point in our lives, in our week, no matter what that looks like, do we point back to him? Again, you don't have to make it look like somebody else and certainly don't get in legalism but we look at it. We say, "Wait a minute. What what am I what am I telling my child? Because they're going to do what we do." And again, we don't get perfectionistic about it. But it's it matters. I I knew one person. This is years and years ago. We had somebody we knew, and uh, this lady was like, "Well, you know, we were teaching our kids, and just they they knew we were, were uh, you know going towards ministry and everything." But they were this 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 woman was like. I don't try to teach my child, my kids, uh, anything in the spiritual things. I'm just going to let them figure it out. That's the way I grew up. And I just, I'm going to let them believe what, what they think they should believe. And what she had come to believe is she didn't really believe anything. I mean, you believe something, but you don't, you don't believe in God, not sure if there's a God, just, just whatever. And that's what she modeled for her kids. And you know what? As we got to know over years and years, you know what the kids believed? same thing, not much anything, they just kind of was like spiritual, it's kind of out there, don't really believe anything, so the whole time she thought she's going to let them figure it out, the whole time she's modeling something, and they followed what she modeled, she wasn't pointing them to God, because she didn't believe really much about a God, let's look at Luke 1 verse 5, let's look at a few examples Look, at a couple examples of some men very early in their life. Luke 1, verse 5. "There There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless but they had no child because elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years so it was that while he was serving as priest before god in the order of his division according to the custom of the priesthood his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the lord and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell on him, upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord." And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, he will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. Now, this is for if you don't know, this is John the Baptist. Angels appearing to his father, saying, that your, your wife is going to be pregnant, and this is what this child's gonna do. This was the plan of God for John the Baptist. Now, we all look back, John the Baptist, we know who he was. There was a plan before any of that happened, and it didn't just happen automatically because he was John the Baptist. He was born a baby. He's speaking to this family. Notice it says that they were serving the Lord. It says blameless. That doesn't mean perfect. That means they did, they walked to the best of their knowledge and the best they could. Of course, it doesn't mean perfect. Jesus is the only spotless one. The Bible says there's no one without sin, but blameless. That means they did what they knew to do. If they, messed, they, they took care of it according to what they knew. And an angel appeared to him and said, Look, you're going to have a son, John. Now notice what he said. He's saying this before it's happening. Let's look at verse uh, 15. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to their Lord God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the ch- children and the disobedient of, to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So John the Baptist, his call is to prepare the way for Jesus. Before he, he before he was even uh, exi- existing at this point. Let's look at Luke 126, just a little bit further down. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God, or sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. This isn't just a Christmas story. Verse 29, when when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb And bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Verse 34, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Verse 35, So now you see Mary, angels appearing to Mary and saying, look, this is what's going to happen. This is the plan for this child who happens to be the Son of God, the Savior. But what we read in Psalms 139, God God had the plan. As they're being, before they're even conceived. Luke 139, then just skip down a couple verses. Now look at this. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened. So Mary's coming to, to see Elizabeth. Now Elizabeth is six months pregnant. Or, you know, at, at a little bit further at this point. Verse 41, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. The baby, John the Baptist, in the womb, at six months, leaped for joy when he heard Mary. And notice it says that, she's saying, blessed is is she who believed there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So there was already things in process. So now we're celebrating Mother's Day today, and we don't want to go you know, too far in a certain direction. But you know, as well as I do, in this nation right now, it's, it's, it's just ironic and sad that this day right now is overshadowed by the turmoil that's happening because of abortion. You know what I'm talking about. You cannot read these verses and believe abortion is okay. Abortion is killing A baby if John the Baptist were aborted if David were aborted if Jesus were aborted these were all things that we've read before they were born and then we're talking about things in the womb the Bible talks about things that are happening in the womb and the Bible says that there was a plan for them just like there's a plan for every person God already knows here he's talking in each case, about the plan before they were even conceived. And then they're, born, they're in the womb. He's saying, you saw me in all the days, in Psalm 139, all the days that you had for me. The, the plan of God was already there when the baby's being formed. And that's the case with every child is that there's a plan. So there is no case. There is no case where that wouldn't be true. And there are cases, and people talk about corner cases. That's not the key thing in the argument. The key thing is people wanting to have an abortion because of other circumstances in their life, and it, it's never right. It doesn't line up with biblical truth, and it will cause pain and suffering in those families. That's the truth. And there are, good, there are good people that have been lied to and deceived, and they don't understand what abortion truly is. It is murdering a baby. And it's very graphic. And we don't need to go on this a lot this morning, but I can't, I'd be remiss if I did not say this with everything that is going on. And when we read these verses, your role as a mother, you are to nurture that baby to follow God's plan for their life. That plan starts before you even know them. You don't know any you may you may know you're pregnant, but you don't know anything about them. In other words, you know, we all know as you see a child start growing, you're like, well, they kind of are good at this or that, you don't know any of that. God knows it all. He knows every single thing. He sees it all and he's got a plan. And so it is it's so important that we uphold that truth. Don't have to be mean about it. Don't have to get in people's faith face, but but to to uphold the truth of God's word and uphold what he said. Here it says, let's go back to verse 42, or let's go back to verse 41. It says, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So the baby's leaping, just heard the voice. Just think of, of the... the the nature the spiritual nature of what's going on the supernatural here the baby is in the womb here's mary there's no way it can comprehend i mean that what's going on you talk you're talking about john the baptist and jesus and the mother of jesus in the same room and the baby doesn't even i mean is not cognizant doesn't know can't know spiritual things but there's a spiritual truth That even is affecting the flesh and that circumstance to where the baby jumps. Amazing. God is big. The things of God are real. You can see things that are developing in a child early when they come up. God already knows it, but you may be seeing things as they're growing up. Don't ignore those things. You know, again, you don't get oh my gosh, legalistic about if I don't make the right decisions, my kid's never going to, you know, follow the plan of God. Don't, don't go to that extreme, but don't go to the other extreme that it doesn't matter or just be flippant. When you see certain things start to develop in a child, when you see, you know, inclinations and you see uh, ways that, that they are gifted in a certain way, don't get natural about it, you know, as far as, well, they seem good at this, so that means that this is what God's plan is. Look on the inside too, spiritually, because God has something you would know, You can know well. It, you, it, sometimes the best way to be led is just unconsciously. You don't know. You just seem because then you don't get in your head about. It. You're just like, hey, I think you know we should enroll, you know, Susie in this. It just seems like she's got a knack for that or whatever. And unbeknownst to you, you're actually helping that plan. God knows what it is. He saw it before you know foundation of the world but he's like but you're just helping it along and they're developing in something don't don't ignore those things be sensitive because ultimately you want your child to develop along the pathway that god has for them you look at john the baptist of course jesus and jesus had to grow the bible says he grew in in wisdom and stature he, he knew. He, he didn't know from when he was one year old. He had to come to the understanding who he was and what he was going to do. That came over time. His parents helped that. His mom helped that. You can see it, the relationship he had with his mother. So it's so important. I just want to say this. You know, I talked about some of the developing some... Um, Sure, you could see natural abilities, or we call them natural. They, they could be things that are you know, used by God, but don't make the mistake of, of emphasizing the natural things and the natural abilities over the spiritual. Just because somebody has a natural gift, does not, if it's not consecrated to, to God, doesn't mean they're automatically going to go in the way of God. There are so many people in the world that have tremendous ability, but don't use it for God whatsoever. And just because somebody has ability does not mean that's what God's called them to do in that area. It could, but it may not. So we want to put the spiritual thing. The number one thing is they need to know God. They need to have a relationship with God. They need to esteem the things of God. That's most important. And don't ever make the mistake of substituting, well, we've got to develop our child in this at the expense of showing how important spiritual things are. Well, we can't go to church because we have this other thing to do. Be careful about that. Be careful because what are we training our children to do? Well, but they won't develop in this. But what are they developing in? We, are they developing in their respect and knowledge for the Lord? We don't Again, don't get legalistic about it. You don't have to have the same life as somebody else, but just be conscious of it. Because... It's so easy to get to to start getting um, caught up in certain things and to start slipping and start emphasizing something even in the name of the Lord. Well, we got to develop them here because they're going to be used here. Yeah, but they won't be used here if they don't follow God. They could have tremendous ability. So, your role is so important in that, just guiding them just directing them, just bringing them, just pointing them, just in everything, pointing them to the Lord. And just how you do. You don't have to be preaching at them to be pointing them to God, just your demeanor, how you have a meal, how you go through your your day. Psalm 78, verse 1 says, O my people, listen to my instructions, open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you a parable, I will teach you hidden lessons from our past." Stories we have heard and known, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell them or tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord and His power and His mighty wonders. It's not enough that we know God. It doesn't happen automatically. We won't hide what God has done to our children. We'll let them know. We'll point them to Him. We'll let them know so that they can have a foundation to know him, so that then they can raise their kids and they can know him. And there is no higher thing than that. Finally, let's look at Proverbs 31, verse 10. Whole chapter of Proverbs talking about what we call the virtuous wife, especially 10 on. Verse 10 says, who can find a virtuous wife for her her worth is far more than rubies. Skip down to verse 20. It talks about all these attributes. But verse 28, her children rise up and call her blessed. No, so it's talking about a mom. Obviously, she has children. Virtuous wife, but then she has children. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Why? Her husband also, and he praises her and says, many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Why? Verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is passing. Some of the things that we put emphasis on. That stuff's going to fade. But the second part of that, he said, charm is deceitful, beauty is passing, but a woman who fears, or reverences, that means there, The Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. What does it say? The woman who fears the Lord. And what we're talking about then, it says her children rise up and call her blessed. That woman who fears the Lord is passing that to her kids. She's being a role model. What is she, why are they calling her blessed? Because she is modeling that part of of fearing, reverencing, honoring God, and that is the lasting attribute. That is the lasting thing. All this other stuff, it fades. The accolades, you did this, you accomplished this, it fades. The thing that's going to be solid and secure through all the the phases of life and all the conditions is honoring the Lord God and passing that condition, that um, attribute, that hunger to our kids. And moms, you have such a role and you being here and listening however you're listening to this already speaks volumes that you honor god and that you're looking to him and just take that and with what god has shown you the light you have where you're at don't try to live somebody else's schedule or life where you're at just model the lord just like we read at the beginning show the children how to live in everyday life point them to the Lord in everyday life. Point your grandchildren to the Lord. Model that with where you are and God will continue to give you wisdom. He'll give you direction, he'll give you insight for your children because your children have been given to you and you know them better than any human on the planet and he will God will be faithful not to give somebody else the wisdom to raise your kid, but to give your, you the wisdom to raise your child in the plan that he has for them, and they will rise up and they'll call you blessed and say, thank you, Mom. Thank you for helping me to see God. Because that will, that will uh, sustain for all eternity. When all these other things have faded, that will shine. Amen? Amen. Praise God. You are blessed, ladies. You know the Lord. You are blessed. And God will help you and lead you and guide you in you helping your child on their path.